1: Want to stream Cognitive Dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app! Go to DissonancePod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show.
0: Hi, gentlemen. I've called the show once or twice my National Endowment-like execution under a certain influence on multiple occasions, and, and yet to be featured for my illustriousness, majestically displayed the most poetic of vocal depictions, if I might say so. But that that wonderful feeding frenzy for my narcissism, that I lust for so dearly, have not yet been granted for a reason still undisclosed to me. Now, whether it be my fetishly sadistic, and some might say, continuous inappropriate visual-like depictions of priests being sodomized by aliens with Scientology affiliations, of course, I'm not one to speculate. Nevertheless, it still escapes me. Anyway, glory hole, motherfuckers. Hey guys, this is Foster from Foster Dispolice. I just wanted to call and let you all know how proud I am to live in a country where a kid who takes an offensive picture and posts it on Facebook is punished more harshly than a professional athlete who cold caught his wife in an elevator on video. I'd compare his punishment to the punishment people receive for shooting unarmed black people, but I don't want to cry on air. Hey guys, it's Rob out of Texas again. Listen, you know one thing I have learned is that a lot of talented people have have failed in their careers very soon uh, because they didn't they didn't know their limitations. They didn't have brackets of how how good or bad they could be at certain things. I mean, you look at you know Millie Vanilli and. And crisscross. Okay, those guys they didn't they didn't recognize not only their full potential but lack thereof. And then you know look at Marky Mark. That guy's kinda of come back hard, you know? The guy, he's he's going he's going crazy. Game busters. Gang, gang bust? is it game or gang? I don't know. Anyway, I think you guys have stepped into an important place in your career. You have Begun at least 50% of your bracket. Uh, you have reached bottom with your last show. I mean, you found where the bottom was. When you said, I'm gonna go drop a prayer baby in the baptismal. <laughs> it's like a colloquialism for taking a dump. That's I think that's the worst thing you've ever said. So, congratulations.
2: Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 181. And we have uh, returning, I think, I think the, the gentleman who has, gentlemen. gentleman, <laughs> That's sort of a uh, let me catch myself for a moment. We have the individual who I think has had the most appearances on our program, Cecil. I think so. Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show dot com podcast. Nice. Hello,
3: welcome to myself. <laughs> you should feel welcome you should have like have a fucking year old sofa
4: in the corner at this point yeah yeah well i've got my sofa on i've got my cognitive dissonance dressing (laughs) gown got my slippers on i'm looking great and
2: feeling good his cognitive dissonance dressing gown is basically one of my shirts that's it it's like when your dad it's like when you're like a little kid you're wearing like your dad's work shirt you know it like comes down past your fucking ankles
3: Actually, he had his wife cut it in half and sew it, and it's still that big. <laughs> they use it as a sleeping bag when they go to the bathroom. They tie it to two trees. It's like a koala sing, slingshot. It's like half a they dozen hammocks.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> actually, I look forward to it. That, that's actually not a bad idea—a a koala slingshot. I look forward to the day when Australia starts to weaponize our our, uh, our native animals because they they are actually really annoying. Like, if you if you have a koala drop on your head, they will scratch your eyeballs out. That's actually quite a fascinating idea. I like that. Let's wa- let's weaponize our ko- and if you walk into a, an area where wombats are walking, wombats are these these little tiny things, they kind of look like groundhogs except uh, groundhogs on steroids and um, nuclear waste. <laughs> but uh, they they're enormous little things and if you walk into their territory, they will chew your ankle off.
3: I like this idea. Tom, have you ever heard koalas fighting? Hold on a second. There's a there's a YouTube of it. I'm going to play it for oh, you. Oh, no, it's most likely koalas fucking because no, they fighting.
2: they f- oh <laughs> this is fake, right? <laughs> this is fake. You're fucking with me. They sound vicious.
3: They sound like clams yeah, fighting. They sound like somebody with like a, <laughs> like, you know, the, the horn nose, like the hong,
2: hong. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome, I love the man. idea that you even have to say oh. like, we should weaponize our, your fucking animals are already weaponized. All you have to do is work on the delivery <laughs> system. Like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, as like say, like, we should weaponize our nuclear bombs. Like, yeah, I think you've yeah. got that one down. It's really just a delivery <laughs> at this point. <laughs>
4: Oh, well, there you go. Put a uh, put a koala on the end of a nuclear bomb, in you're <laughs> away.
2: A trebuchet filled with koala bears and
4: wombats. Uh, they're not bears, Tom. They're not bears.
2: Aren't they still called koala bears? No, only by ignorant
4: they're Americans. They're adorable oh, little well, bears. Then I though. fucking
3: fit right in. <laughs> they're little bears. I mean, come on,
2: they're cute little bears. Are mean? Are they actually mean? Like, if if you were to corner one, like if you were to corner one and then pick it up and fucking snuggle it. <laughs> oh, just snuggle, snuggle the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah, no, they they they're actually
4: most of the time they they're really quite um nice because they they're drunk. You know, ninety percent of the time they are drunk as well. They're, they're drunk as a koala basically. So because they they're, they're drinking um, eucalyptus, which is a has a, you know it's a toxin, and uh, so they're high. They're drunk basically the entire time that they're awake, which is a very minuscule part of the day, <laughs> and. Uh, and then like you know, so dad. if you pick them up, they're pretty okay. So they're but, uh, they're, they're basically like frat kids.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's like there's no difference between them and your average oh. frat kid. Like that's it. Yeah. Well, they all have chlamydia oh, too, oh, so oh. they're exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. Are you sure this is not actually like a, like one of the one of the houses on campus? <laughs> you know, like little little frat t-shirts on. They're like, go cats! <laughs> it's if there's a fucking sofa on the front porch oh. of their eucalyptus tree, that is a
3: frat, my friend. Oh. Oh, Tom, that's this, awesome. this show's off the rails. We haven't even done a story yet. I don't care about the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this.
2: Why, what the fuck? All right, this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Robert Oscar Lopez, because somebody was asking him for advice, LGBT advocates are like Pol Pot and are after your kids, plain and simple. Um, he's the latest anti gay activist to uh, attack at the human rights campaign. Um, and uh, these comments are sort of unreal uh, comparing LGBT rights activists to the Khmer Rouge. So, who, who is who is Ro- Robert Oscar Lopez? You, you, you
3: must your know. Your guess him. is you, as good as mine.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I've never heard of this guy before in my life. He's just somebody that evidently is, just fucking yammer. Really hateful, and the yammer is significant. Yeah, he's he's.
4: I mean, obviously, he's a moron. Uh, there's no there's no great there's no better way to to say that he is just a deluded piece of trash. I don't want to say white trash because his surname suggests that he's not, but uh, he's he just seems to be. A deluded piece of trash
2: well let's let's read uh, some of the things that he's had to say, Jake because get your, I want to get your comments on kind of the specifics. I think we need to before we just go straight at hominem, which I'm, I'm more than happy to do, I think we really need to address the meat of some of these arguments. Um, no, 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 but he said it was plain and simple. oh, he did, I guess he did yeah he did. He, yeah, he said it's, it's
4: basically plain and simple. They are like Pol Pot. It is plain and simple. well then- so you don't,
2: you don't actually need to go into the content because it's plain and simple. Well, he does say, gentlemen readers, these folks are trying to find a way to get the sperm out of your testicles and into their laboratories. Lady readers, these folks need to find a way to implant an embryo of their sperm, an, an embryo of their sperm in your womb, keep you obedient during gestation, and then take your baby away forever. And moving on, people don't generally want to let lesbians milk sperm out of their testicles. And that's where I first thought. Speak for yourself, sir.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. I'm li-
2: like, sign me up
3: right now. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Exactly, word for word. Speak for yourself. <laughs> where, where do I where do I have to go
4: for this? This this sounds like a really great time. Where do I have to go to get a lesbian to milk the sperm out of my nuts?
2: This is basically the setup for every short and hastily yeah. written movie that I have ever seen.
4: All
3: you need to do is deliver pizzas, I hear. That's that's the way to get...
4: In a world where there's no way to have sex, it, but you can reproduce by lesbians milking your testicles.
3: That sounds like a great world.
4: <laughs> this summer, uh, get your testicles milked by a lesbian. Don't you dare close
2: your eyes. <laughs> oh crap, it's in my head. Oh man. I love too, like so so these lesbians are going to milk the sperm <laughs> out of my testicles, which again, they're going to get very little uh pushback from me on that particular agenda item. But now I mean, okay, so that kinda sounds pretty heterosexual to me actually. Like we're all upset yeah. that the that these fucking women are gonna try to bamboozle men into giving them sperm. And it's like well, Most of us will just donate. (laughs) We're good with that. Like you don't really have to bamboozle. (laughs) You You can be pretty fucking upfront about that that situation. But also Uh, the the,
4: the premise that uh, gay people are intending to get their fertilized embryos into women was that was that was the word? Yeah, exactly. exactly To get their fertilized embryos, an embryo
2: of their sperm, Mm. an embryo of their sperm. I don't an embryo of this What that. What is what is
3: that? Well, you didn't know is that gays self replicate. I don't think you knew that, but that's that's how they they actually they just split right down the middle. And so just... I take my sperm and then I em um, I embryo it. <laughs> I don't
4: know how I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose your, your 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 testicles are the place. You know, they they are effectively the sperm factory. So are they trying to suggest, or is he trying to suggest that you're trying to put your testicle inside? their embryo <laughs> or in your testicle inside the womb or something like that
2: <laughs> i'm willing because I'm in, a in, a, that's
4: in a
3: literal set i mean <laughs> yeah i'm not opposed Isn't to basically teabagging yeah. it's yeah it's a really sophisticated and very difficult teabagging maneuver it turns oh, it out Oh Wow, i
4: love this uh this sentence here he says they've convinced themselves referring to gays that gays are a tribe under themselves the so what? they're consuming goal. Is to populate the tribe so they don't disappear. What this guy doesn't appear to understand is that by, uh, you know, vilifying gay people, by hating gay people, by, uh, you know, lynching gay people, by uh, by basically uh, doing everything that you can to segregate them from, uh, you know, the mainstream society, we've pretty much they've done their part to push them into a stage where they feel like they are a tribe under their own it's not as though they don't want to be a part of society if there's one thing that i've heard from the LGBTQISPN, um community it's that they want to be a part of they want equality they want to be a part of the larger society they don't want to be segregated yet this guy is saying that it is a defining quality of lgbt's
2: I'm just not sure he's smart <laughs> no really yeah you know i started to question the same thing when i read the paragraph where he's talking about you know how the uh the slavery comparison is not an apt comparison he says wasn't slavery the problem with slavery not all the horrors that sometimes accompany slavery and sometimes do not and i thought well i think the horrors were problematic as well like i don't think that you can discount the horrors when you have a situation which has horrors that accompany it At no time can you be like, well, the thing was bad, but the horrors, well, the horrors of it were pretty good. No, (laughs) no, the kind of definitionally, the horrors were horrible.
4: That's kind of how horrors work. This guy. What a human, right? (laughs) Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it just great that, you know, we get to share the planet, like, (laughs) with people. Like this. Yeah. I mean, firstly, intellectual powerhouse. Let's acknowledge it. You know, but, you know, the fact that we get to share, like, the same drinking water, the same supermarkets, the same money, the same rights, the same laws, <laughs> the same race, certainly. Yeah. All of that stuff, the same air. You know, the fact that we get to, sh- oh, it's just, you know, oh, it's so great. The the other side to that is that this guy's obviously getting published, otherwise he wouldn't have been picked up. So he's being published by someone. He's a professor.
3: It turns out he's a professor of what? Yeah, California State University. Please tell me it's not
4: sociology.
3: Don't know what it is, but he's listed under Glad, so he's a professor. Robert Oscar Lopez, A.K.A. Bobby Lopez. Good old Bobby is a professor. Yep, and it's funny too because he even says here. He says, according to some historians. Of the so-called killing fields in the 1970s, um, the Khmer Rouge hunted down people with eyeglasses and killed them in mass. This did obst- They did this ostensibly because they worried that people who were too intelligent might challenge the draconian policies of the government. Fortunately, the human rights uh, campaign has no killing fields. So I eye and my contact lenses are safer now isn't he kind of implying that he's the intelligent one who's going to be killed and you're like yeah, wait you're... hold on hold on a second hold on, hold on nobody's gonna fucking mistake you for an intelligent person you are safe oh man, man. you're you safe can walk around yeah, I mean,
2: naked covered in money you're that safe like we'd be, you'd be, <laughs> you can walk around and be like i'm made out of money and people would just be like eh, we're leaving that guy be
4: he could literally wear the thickest like he could he could tape he could tape binoculars to his face and he would still be safe. <laughs> well, this guy looks really smart. Oh no, he talks. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, no. he's actually wearing no. a Hubble he's- telescope on his head. <laughs> Yes yeah yeah so anyway, you got the history kind of right certainly when the Khmer Rouge uh, instituted their regime and and wanted to uh revolutionize revolutionize the uh the agriculture sector of um of Cambodia and they they pushed basically everybody who was uh in an intellectual into the agriculture sector uh, and pushed everybody from cities out into the country basically to make the food and feed the population um they did killed basically anybody who was a dissenter and most often the dissenters were the people that were intelligent enough to formulate sentences that would be picked up by people, the common people uh, and generally those people were the smart people. So it's certainly true that they were killed, that uh, you know, journalists, academics, etc were killed as a result of their speaking out. Uh, but it wasn't the fact that they were wearing glasses it was the fact that they were dissenters and uh, to refer to to... to oh my <laughs> My goodness, to refer to gay people uh, as though they are Pol Pot is um, is repugnant. I mean, there's just no other word, word to say it. It is just horribly, horribly repugnant that he would make that
2: such a ridiculous assertion. He starts off with this premise, right? He, he says, parenthood is their great white whale. They want to have children or love them and call them mom and dad. They need to get these children from you because biology prevents them from siring them naturally. Well, well, yeah, I guess if you're really, really not a good creative problem solver, like if the only way you can think to solve that problem is is by, you know, heterosexuals having sex with each other. Yes. But I mean, it's fucking 2014. There, These are problems we can readily solve otherwise. And there's nothing necessarily unnatural, but whatever. That natural comment is just like a fucking red herring, um, you know, and he says, like, this is the main agenda. says this, this is the main agenda of the gay lobby is basically to normalize. Um, children being born to same-sex couples. But he never presents an argument about why that's a bad thing. Like, at yeah. no point does he actually elucidate a single coherent point where he says, like, hey, these kids would... I I can't even imagine what the point would be. I'm not even going to make one up, but because at no point does he like, expound on anything. He just... Throws metaphor after endless metaphor, comparing shit to other and they're shit. They're really
4: bad metaphors, too. Right, but yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> but there's a reason behind that, Tom. The, the you know the reason behind it is there there have been multiple studies done into whether children of gay couples fare any differently, you know, i.e., better or worse than children of uh, straight couples, and there is literally no difference to be found there is no statistically significant there were no outliers you know there, sorry there were probably outliers but there, there was nothing statistically significant there was nothing statistically different about children of same sex couples and children of um uh, heterosexual couples there was literally none there there are certainly differences between um children with parents and single parent children or children of single parents. Single parent children. That single work. parent single but, children. But,
2: uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but so, so do there you are have, have to put your embryo in a sperm to get one of those? How yeah, do-
4: first, first you have to have your, your sperm milked by a lesbian. There's uh, certain protocols associated. But yeah, there, there is literally no difference. There is absolutely no difference. There is nothing to be gained or lost by having a gay, um, uh, you know, same sex parents. Well, what's the weird Nothing comment to he
2: him? has here where he says, not only does the human rights campaign explode into hysteria when they see me traveling to Paris and gasp talking to people in French, that's the end of the sentence. That's not a complete sentence. This
4: man. So not only, does he under- not only does he understand sexuality, he doesn't understand syntax and sentence structure. But here's the best part. <sighs> His
2: PhD is in English. <laughs> that's not oh, even a wow. complete fucking sentence so <laughs> it's
3: just it's just a clause that's not even a complete fucking sentence so jake uh your uh your podcast is uh reaching a little uh milestone here little milestone
4: yeah 200 episodes with um not really it's
3: like 460 or something right yes
4: i think I, I was counting this morning. We're up to three hundred and twelve in 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 total <laughs> because, you know, I, I put out point fives and bonuses and and such. But we we do oh. put out two episodes a week and and only number one of them. Um. So it's it, it certainly you know, <laughs> we've achieved quite a high number without achieving quite a high number. But um, yeah, certainly it's a it's it's an accolade nonetheless.
3: We're excited, yeah, right? Sure, you just need to put aside some time to celebrate once in a while, and this <laughs> seems like a good enough time, I guess. So yeah. 200 episodes, congratulations. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Thank that you the sir. arbitrary Appreciate nature it.
2: of your accomplishment.
3: It's like, yeah, we're celebrating 200, which is not actually 200.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yay. actually substantially more than that. We should but, have celebrated li- 100 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of procrastination I can actually get on board with. <laughs> like that's—it's like six months go by, and you're like, uh, did we celebrate? No, fuck it. Uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, we can get around to that. It's been half a fucking year. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm actually relatively sure that I don't want to number the episodes anymore cuz I really I, I haven't cared about the numbers really ever, but uh I think I think it's an appropriate time to no longer number them and just go by the title or something like that.
3: Oh, so you're just going to be doing numbers now. No, no more numbers, that's it. No numbers,
4: it's just going to be um wow. it's just going to be new episode, new episode, whatever.
3: So what will you celebrate in the future? Just like a time of year, My birthday, like it's yeah. Christmas time, something like that. Yeah, we started yeah. around May in
4: uh, 2010, so I think around May in 20 or each year, around May each year, we'll, we'll celebrate another year of the podcast. I think
2: what you've got to do is you've got to set a, a, a listener goal, you know, like so instead of you know, yeah, we hit 200 episodes, it's like yeah, we hit seven listeners, you know, and then when you get there, <laughs> then you can celebrate. So in a few years, well. You know, for the in a few years, I'm really looking forward to getting seven
3: listeners yet
4: yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what for the first for the first probably year we were we were maxing out at about a hundred maybe two hundred listeners a week and then all of a sudden the show reached the, um, the basically we reached the American market and it exploded from there out. <laughs> that happens um, in America. So
2: actually yeah. <laughs> it's it's
4: because there's one or two of you out there it's
2: just yeah. the twinkies it's just it's like all of a sudden it's, yeah, it's just the just downloads are bigger inside it's out. not even that yes. there's yeah. more of them that's yeah. true
3: <laughs> that's true yeah a the more robust. download costs for many yeah the, it's the imperial metric system game <laughs> game yeah. our downloads are like six of your downloads <laughs> love it but jake if people were going to find your podcast where would they look uh, yeah, so go to
4: imaginaryfriendsshow.com or iTunes. You can search for image and it'll pop up. Um, the other <laughs> thing is uh,
3: – Image.
4: <laughs> in, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we're doing our next uh, live show um, for people in Brisbane. I, I understand you guys are, are doing a, um,
3: a picnic or something tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to be getting together with some fans tomorrow at a picnic, but we won't be doing a show. Ah, we're just going to yeah, be standing, standing there, there awkwardly drinking beer. I'll be beer, drinking heavily uh, from
2: the moment yeah. we arrive. <laughs> that way I can pretend that I'm actually not socially awkward. Yeah. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not yeah. getting out of the car, so I'm just going to go there and I'm just going to sit in the car the whole time. Oh my God, guys, <laughs> I can't believe these picnic are so lame. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're going to have a, another Skeptic Camp, though? Uh, no, so we, we are well, We are
4: certainly going to have another Skeptic Camp. That'll be next year. But uh, we've got the uh, Brisbane Skeptic Society oh. is putting on um, a, another uh, live podcast event between uh, the Imaginary Friends show and Skeptically Challenged with Ross Balch. Um so we'll have a couple of um, my show regulars I think Nick Morganmore who you guys will meet today on on my show he's a comedian he's a funny guy um he'll be probably there on the panel as well as a couple of other regulars so uh if uh, Brisbane listeners people from around Brisbane Queensland etc are interested it's Wednesday October 22nd uh, at the plough Inn in South Bank and uh, if you're a member of the or even if you're not a member of the Brisbane Skeptic Society, you can go to the Facebook page for the Brisbane Skeptic Society and um, join the Facebook event for that.
3: Wonderful! And come along, 22nd of October. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I mean, don't let's not, let's not put the cart before the horse, everybody. <laughs> It'll be. I mean, you'll be there. So yeah, let's right. 20, how, about, how about
2: 22nd of October? That's a day that would have. Been, you know, I would believe that pitch. Like I would. I feel like I feel like I'd be on board with that. Well now that we've fucking gotten rid of jake, yeah. <laughs> you know which I say fucking good riddance, but yeah. if you wanna if you wanna hear us uh debase ourselves even further with jake uh his two hundredth episode cecil is 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 out yes, um, and uh we were. Uh, fortunate enough I don't know is that the right word fortunate Fortunate enough enough. suckers enough suckers maybe
3: I think it's probably better
2: right to appear on that uh and and episode 200.5 because if you think my accounting is bad (laughs)
3: you
2: should see how Jake does this is
3: going to be his last counting he said though so the two point two hundred point five will be on his last counted episode um we had a great time with Jake and uh, a bunch of other people so give it a listen it's on imaginary dot com, and uh and it turned out to be like two full hours of recording yes it certainly did (laughs) (laughs) and since we talked to jake tom we had a picnic that we did the picnic was a rousing success i thought yeah it went over well uh we had a good time Uh, we got a chance to meet a ton of people so we're really excited uh to you know actually meet some people who listen to the show uh they came out in the It was fucking pretty cold. I mean, it hasn't been cold a lot in Chicago. It's been a chilly summer, but it hasn't been, like, cold. And this is wintery mix yesterday. (laughs) I mean, there was snow falling from the sky at a certain point, and people still came out in the cold. And we ate some cold food and drank some cold beer and hung out for about four hours. Uh, And we had about, I would say, around uh, maybe between 30 and 40 people show up total. And it it, it turned out to be a great time. So we want to thank everybody who showed up. Um, we clearly can't thank you all individually, but there were some people who came from really far away. Some people came from Cincinnati, some people who came from DC, a couple of people from Michigan, people from downstate Illinois, uh, you know, really far away distances, Wisconsin. So we want to thank everybody who just decided to get in the car, come on down, and just hang out with us for a couple hours.
2: Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was actually quite a lot of fun. It was very nice to meet people that are uh, generally demonstrably kinder and smarter than I am. Yeah. So. Um thanks for giving Cecil lots of fucking other options when I bullocks this up yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's wonderful so let's cover the story Cecil from addicting info because dah uh, uh, over one hundred thousand. Sexually explicit photos of children found on arrested archbishop's computer. Now, Cecil, uh, you're better at two things than I am. So I'm going to have to ask you for some, for some information sure, before I can sure. properly evaluate this article. Go ahead. First of all, um, you're more familiar with the Catholic Church than I am. I've only gone for weddings and funerals. so I've yeah. never actually been to a mass. Um, an
3: archbishop, is that? how high up in the church is an archbishop? Well, you see, you have, on one side you have the bishop and then his enemy is the archbishop and they fight right oh, gotcha. so like <laughs> it's so, like the anti bishop yeah. exactly yeah so like the, when you get these confused like he's this guy's actually a villain <laughs> like people just don't understand that when they're like oh he's in the catholic church he's an archbishop no he's archbishops are the, they're the bad guys in the movie the, that's why they wear the red beanie exactly, so easier yeah. to identify, identify them. yeah it's like it's like you know always they always wear like capes you know like certain ones always wear capes so no archbishop means i i think it's higher than a bishop but lower than a cardinal so, okay all right so this know, is pretty high up in the church up, right because yeah. like a like it's a priest then a bishop yeah a bishop is then an like archbishop a, a bishop is like a guy who has like i think control of a cathedral so like certain c- churches are bigger churches and bigger congregations I'll probably fucking fucking buggering this up completely. <laughs> but I think I'm pretty sure it's like a bishop is of a, just a bigger area, so like a bigger larger area. Gotcha. And then the archbishop gotcha. is like yeah. the middle manager.
2: Gotcha. Okay. So, all right. And then I'm I as as all of our listener can uh, attest to, um I'm not so good with the numbers. So 100,000.
3: Is that a big number? I mean, you know, if you're talking about like the size of the universe, no, yeah, right. no, yeah. it's not so, a big okay. a number. The size of the even the size, I would say the size of the solar system, not a big, number. not a
2: big number, talking but about
3: all the people in the world, probably not that big a number. Um, but if you were talking about, say someone's normal porn collection, that would be a lot. A hundred thousand images, man. You know, the, okay. So a hundred thousand images and it was 86,000 uh, images and 160 videos were found. An additional forty five thousand photos had been deleted and it said upon examination the video files were of teenage boys being forced into sexual acts with other adults and eighty-six thousand plus photographs had been neatly organized into category based folders and I'm thinking, man, you really are a guy who spends a lot of time with your porn if you collate it. You know what I mean? Right? you're just like you're like, what am I in the end? You know what? I actually I have a file management system for this <laughs> set up. You know, I wonder if it was like he just tags it. You know, he's got, like, right. certain meta tags for it. It's like, I mean, I, I I guess I could get in some really dark territory. I'm not going there, <laughs> so I'm just leaving it alone at that. But clearly, he tags it, you know?
2: You know, at some point, you've collected... There has to be that moment where, you, where you're you looking and you're like, man, my desktop is so cluttered with kitty porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... I really... Like, I need to do some fucking digital housekeeping. You really here. do. This has gotten... Yeah. My fucking child pornography collection yeah. has really gotten out of control. Um, so it's time to... I mean, how much time would it take? Be like looking at the image and I'm like, uh, no, okay, that's that's definitely going to fall into this. Oh, that could be either or, categorically, <laughs> I'm going to have to...
3: <laughs> what, is that? what is that? Actually,
2: why don't I just copy that one into three folders? Right, okay, here yeah. we go. We'll just move that into three folders. Yeah. That way... Because you know, I want to know that I find... <laughs> I want to make sure... I, when I when I'm when, when I'm looking mood. for deplorable yeah. pictures of human suffering, yeah. I want to make sure I get the right deplorable pictures of human suffering. Right. Absolutely. Like when children are being sexually exploited for my gratification. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm looking at you the know, right tear-stained faces you know, of youngins. You make it sound so
3: bad, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'll tell you. And you know the worst part about this? is that it's not like this guy is getting his rocks off in some sort of legal way, right? Like, if if this 66-year-old guy wanted to go out and have some sexual encounter with a consenting adult somewhere privately, while it is against his vows, it's not against the law. You know what I mean? It's not a thing that anybody outside of his circle of people would care about. If some priest got caught this week having sex with a hooker, if they weren't doing it, And at the same time attacking other people who do it and being a hypocrite, it wouldn't even be a story that we would even cover. But instead, this guy is going out and, you know, he's he's not only that, because it says at one point it says that he uh, was the head of the church and he was allowed to walk freely in Rome despite allegations of having paid minors for sex. And now. A minor, it's not like fucking somebody walks up to you like a like shoe shine box style is like, you know, <laughs> hey, can I, you know, like there's a hello a, governor, shine right, up. knob for you. Is a there's a there's an adult that is fucking facilitating you having sex with a minor, right? Right. There's always an adult involved on the other end. It's not like the little kids in the uh, in the other countries are just like, yeah, fucking, I make it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I just go out and. Sell my ass, you know what I mean, and then just go out and no, that there's an adult that is doing it, you know, it, and it's like it's like he's doing something that is. As sinful as he can get, right? He gets to this point where he's just like, Man, I just I just gotta go out and do something sinful. Well, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna do like one thing. I'm gonna go out and do something really, really fucking hyper sinful. <laughs> like right. not just didn't not just something that would, you know, make other people look at me and be like, oh, it's kind of unsavory. Instead it's like like deplorable. Like I fucking a fucking two year old would be about the same level. You know what I mean? Like you're at this point, you're paying someone to facilitate sex with an unwilling participant. You know, the only Upside
2: uh. to this story is that he was fucking arrested in the Vatican. Right. You know, so let's let's do so give the, the credit where the credit is sure. due, you know, because this is actually, you know, this is this is a step in the right direction. So yes, he was like there were allegations, but I mean, let's be fair. Allegations are allegations. So until they're you know, until they're proven, I mean, you you know, you gotta do some investigation there and make sure. But well. in this case, like it's pretty hard to be like, uh, those weren't my 86,000 photos neatly organized into categories of human suffering. I
3: just grabbed the wrong USB drive when right. I was hanging out. Sorry. And sometimes that happens. You know, I, I have, you know, this. I have real... a four
2: terabyte USB yeah, drive. I just and have it, like, this... has to put it in a fucking cart to <laughs> move it around. I have this
3: Lexar one, and you have this Lexar one. Mine's blue. Yours is gray. Mine is
2: shaped like a teenage cock. Yeah, <laughs> it's... <laughs>
3: it's a little smaller. It's a mini USB. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and it looks like the the Pope here. I mean, the Pope has actually gone out of his way to call it an ugly crime and said it was a satanic mass. I don't really know what that means, but evidently that's bad. Okay, so he's saying uh, it's fucking not a good thing and it shouldn't be done. And that's that's it's great that somebody's stepping out and saying it because clearly there has been so much fucking basically. Everybody's had this closed mouth policy based on this for a long time in that organization. Right. They've just pretended it doesn't exist. Now they have an open mouth, mouth policy behind doors and a closed <laughs> mouth policy. You know, they're just like, they don't, they pretend it doesn't exist and at least somebody's acknowledging that it's existing by arresting someone.
2: And I wonder, like, does the Vatican, and I actually don't know this, like, do they have a. Justice system and a prison well, system.
3: They, they, I don't know that they, they whether or not that is true, but they certainly are their own like little city state. You know what I mean. So they, yeah. They, I, I went there and they had little guards and little jaunty little outfits. So because <laughs> it says that the Vatican
2: detectives were the ones that caught them, I just wonder, like,
3: <laughs> like how Vatican does that work? Detectives. Like, <laughs> like I, I see like Sherlock Holmes, but instead they have like the Pope miter. On, instead of like the big like instead hats the, that they used that the Sherlock Holmes had, right? Instead and of then, like the tweed outfit, yeah. it's
2: just yeah, the,
3: <laughs> a big monocle, the Vatican, a detectives. monocle or a big magnifying glasses. They're like walking around looking at footprints. As they <laughs> <laughs> <They're> <laughs> just, there's like footprints in the semen. They're like, yeah, oh
2: gosh, going. that's all. That's horrible. Uh, Let's move on. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good about that
3: comment. Uh,
4: what are you gonna cry now?
3: Come on, cry, baby, cry for me. Come on,
2: cry. So this next story comes from The Telegraph. Uh, Ultra-Orthodox Jews cause chaos Ah. on flight to Israel. Flight delayed because of demand to segregate men and women. So um, there was a flight from New York to Tel Aviv um, that turned into an 11-hour nightmare. Um, not just because of bad honey roasted peanuts, but because ultra orthodox Jewish passengers refuse to sit next to women, and I would say that that is actually not the issue. The issue is that somebody fucking paid attention to their demands, yep, that's exactly that's it. the fucking issue because that's if exactly I like it. I gotta tell you like if I'm that and it's like I'm not sitting next to woman it's like you've got two choices: sit in your fucking seat or get off the airplane, right? those are your choices. this is. This is a private company. This is like you are on private property. It's not public grounds. It's not I don't have to deal with your
3: shit. It's not a right. It's a privilege. Flying right. is a privilege. It's not a right. You don't get you don't fucking automatically get to fly. You don't yeah. get to show up places and you know make demands of people when it's not your it's not a place that's run by someone who is respecting of your your cultural beliefs. You know it's like it's like it'd be like if they were giving into like a whole let's say the KKK got on a plane, and they didn't want to sit next to anybody who wasn't white.
2: Yeah, right. You know, would be
3: like, well, sorry, that's the fucking seat you got. You don't want to sit next to anybody that's white, fucking charter a whole plane. I I don't understand
2: how that's not exactly comparable.
3: You know, or if I just, can you imagine if I got on an airplane,
2: I'm like, I demand a window seat. And they were like, well, fucking, it's first come, first serve, dude, you're on Southwest. Like, get, fucking (laughs) sit down. And I was like, I demand a window seat. They'd be like, get the fuck off that airplane. Yep. They would, nobody would tolerate that for a fucking minute. But because this is like, you know, and, and I put I put in a tweet, and I, I think this is true, like, this is misogyny, right? You're saying, like, I'm not sitting next to a woman. Women are unclean. They're less than. There's something, yeah. something unpleasant about women that says, I can't sit next to you. as a, like, I'm not. But because this is like some kind of religious-based misogyny, then, the, you know, this suddenly delayed the flight. They shouldn't have delayed the flight a minute. Like, the flight should have been like, look, we leave at 11. You're
3: on it or you're off it. They sit. stood in the aisles. Like, at a point, these people, like, the, because they were so mad about having to sit next to women, they like finally tried to fucking do the best they could to switch seats and do whatever. Then they made them, then they, they, they decided to stand anyway in like fucking some sort of protest. I'd have fucking just landed the plane with them standing. i like, hey, fucking, I told you to take your seat. Didn't take your seat. Oh, well. And the problem is they'll get sued. You know what I mean? Like, you get sued because they'll be like, oh, I'm fucking. I wanted to sit. I wanted to fucking basically shove my religion down everybody's throats and make sure that you know I didn't sit next to. What well, I I don't want to sit next to one of these jagoffs. You know, if I'm flying, right. I don't want to sit next. To, but if I have to, I have to. That's the yeah. way it is. I'm gonna have to do it.
2: So you wouldn't fucking protest and like make a big goddamn.
3: You're on a fucking. You're on a privately
2: owned, but public space. Yeah. Like be polite. Like just recognize it. Like you live in a world with seven billion people. And you are not the most
3: important one of them. I, to be honest, this is, I don't see exactly what you're saying, though, about, like, racism, though. I mean, this is, this is getting the back of the bus, basically, what they're saying. Right? You know, I mean, this is clearly, they don't want to sit next to women. What the fuck is going on? You're a fucking wackaloon.
2: Yeah, I, I like your idea of just landing the plane and making them bounce all over <laughs> the place. Making it a little bit of an extra hard landing and, like, watch them. All go flying.
3: Yeah. I I would just make them be like, okay, hey, why don't you guys just go in the fucking cargo hold then? Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know? It'd be awesome if there was, like, a section where it's like, obviously this is horrifyingly impractical, but, you know, have you ever seen those, like, those uh, parabolic flights where you're weightless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome if if they were like, great, all right, so you can stand, and then they just, like, all of a sudden, like, go into one of those big (laughs) parabolic dives, and they just, like,
3: crash. All all their braids are, like, floating in the air. Right. little braids, the Just... little tuxedo hats are curved
0: above their heads. And... <laughs>
2: so this story comes from Reuters. Um, this is very upsetting. Iranian man executed for heresy um, a former psychologist has been executed for heresy in Iran. Cecil, so what was he executed for? And I'm going to give you a couple of options. Okay, today. I right. know you know the story, sure, but yeah. you know the listeners might not. So, was he executed for a bad Facebook post? Was he executed for wiping his ass with the Koran? <laughs> or was he executed for suggesting that the tale of Jonah
3: and the whale was a metaphor? Wait. That's a metaphor? <laughs>
2: I don't know what it would be a metaphor for.
3: Well, I, you would actually think that's a literal story. Like, you'd be like, yeah, dude was swallowed by a whale. Hung out for a while and then got vomited back up. It was fucking awesome. And I also, th- wasn't that fucking Geppetto? Didn't he get swallowed by a whale? Yeah, right? Like, and then Jonah's nose grew larger and larger. <laughs> like, wait. And then Jonah became a real boy. Oh, my what, what God. What is fucking happening? This is fucking stupid, though. And, you know, it's funny because I, I watched a video this week where... This guy was arguing uh, he was on CNN or something like that. And these people and a bunch of my what I think are probably either atheist or highly liberal friends on Facebook all posted this article I'm like this guy gets it. You know, it's one of those things. And this guy is arguing these people on on CNN are saying, well, is, is Islam a violent religion? And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, it's not a violent religion. He's like, but the people who practice it in certain places, those people their countries are violent, and so therefore it's a violent religion. And he's going on; he's like, it's violent there, but it's not violent in other countries where it's you know there's other countries that use their, they, they don't do it. So it's not you can't say it's ubiquitously violent all across the board. And they're like, well, but what about this? And they're going back and forth and they're arguing. This guy's kind of shooting them down each way because they're saying, well, what about in Saudi Arabia? He's like, well, Saudi Arabia is just a violent place because they you know it's like because it's run by a regime. It's not because it's religious. It's because it's run by a regime. And while I understand and get it at a certain point. I also say, look, they are specifically pointing to this book and saying, this is a law we need to follow. I am going to kill people based on blasphemy. I'm going to kill people if they point point out something. They are actively killing people based on this book and because of this book, because of Facebook posts, because of apostasy. You know, when they're saying that they don't believe or when they they suggest something isn't true in this story, when they – Uh, You know, they're killing people based on that. You can't fucking say that they're not doing it. You can't be like, oh, that's just that's just once in a while. And it's the state that is doing it. It is the state that is carrying these things out. So for you to be like, oh, it's just a few extremists. Well, the few extremists run the whole state then. Yeah, they run the country. Like, OK, well, that's weird then. OK, and then that's something we should be pointing out and saying that's fucking a wrong. That is a that is a, not a moral good that that is happening. And that means that the religion is at fault because it is powering their views. Yeah, it, it's like it's like blaming
2: the direction of the boat, but not taking account of the motor. You know, it's like, wait, what well, fucking what are you talking about? What gets us from here to there? It's the thing. Like you said, when you say it's like the thing that's powering it, I totally agree with that, man. There's no way to look at a country like Iran. Or a country like Saudi Arabia, right? And say, like, okay, well, we've talked about, like, they have morality police right, that drive around enforcing the religious laws. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to step back and be like, well, it's not the religion. Really? Then what the fuck are the morality police doing? Right. What do they have? Like, you'd wake up and you have nothing to do today then. You'd wake up and be like, oh, I got to go to work, but I'm a morality policeman. And so... I don't have anything to do. No, you have fucking plenty to do because you have this fucking crazy book and you've got a whole system. You have a whole fucking power infrastructure that is built to allow you to impose the views of this book as interpreted by a select group of people. But they are still the views of this book and you have a power infrastructure behind you, which absolutely forces this down every man, woman and child's throat from the moment of their birth to the moment of their death. And I'm supposed to stop and say, yeah, but that's just a, a cultural, it's a violent... Con-
3: no, fuck that noise. That's fucking nonsense. So we're going to take a short break, give you some information on how to contact us and uh, how to donate to the show, and we'll be back right after.
1: Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT that's 740-743-6828 do you want to support the show go to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dissonance pod or click the link on the podcast homepage, and you can donate to the production of cognitive dissonance on a per episode basis If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock.
2: So this story comes unsurprisingly from Right Wing Watch. Texas Supreme Court justice. The church has gone to sleep and let progressives rule every
3: facet of government. Wait, does he understand that? We haven't done anything at all in, like, the last four years because of the fucking deadlock in fucking Congress. Does he not know that? Is he not looking around? He's in Texas.
2: Like, like uh, like, the like if you're in Texas and you're like, the progressives have won. You're like, wait
3: a minute. Where? What, where what did they win talking? a soccer
2: game? Like, what the fuck?
3: <laughs> Hold on. Well, let's listen to him. He's got 55 right. seconds worth of blah, blah to go through here. So this is Justice... Supreme Court Justice John Devine. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's his an name. awesome name for this guy. <laughs> yeah. isn't it? it is great, uh, and he, he was he was on the Faith and Liberty program. So we we stick close as possible to the intent of
0: the founders, as I see it, in terms of constitutional the original intent. The original intent it doesn't change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's what's made us great for so many two hundred. So, how do you react when you hear the Constitution is a living and breathing document?
3: Well, it's just that's not what the intent of the founding fathers ever was. How do you know what the intent of the founding fathers was?
2: Well, actually, um, he uh, he pulled Bill and Ted, who had an excellent adventure by yeah. the way, <laughs> they and did. they were able yeah. to go back in time and ask it's directly. I about so it's that. still kind yeah. of hearsay, yeah. but it is be excellent to each other. <laughs> Party on, dude! Yeah. So he listens to a lot of Wild Stallions
3: yeah. uh, albums. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. I, I think that rules. makes
3: an God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. The <laughs> Lord, why do I, why is that taking up space in my brain? How dare you? Uh yeah, I, I you know, the thing is is like I actually disagree. I was like and and because neither of us can tell what their intent was, we can only infer what their intent was. Um I think we're both right then. You yeah, know?
2: there you go. Well, I guess, you know, my I I guess I would come at this sort of slightly differently and say like I don't so which is which is right? Mm. Which is more useful might be a better question. Sure. Would it be more useful to have a constitution which allows for change over time um, or should we have a static constitution? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Um, you know, my feeling is that a constitution should have ways to be. Oh God, what's the right word? Amended. Huh. For example. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of a radical idea. (laughs) I I don't know if it'll work, Tom. I I can't imagine. So, I mean, it's like if the question is, was the Constitution intended to be a set of fucking stone tablets brought down from Mount Sinai? You know, I think the answer is very clearly no. Um, It's intended to be able to be modified. And it, it strikes me that if something is able to be modified, it was written then with the intent and the understanding that it's not word from on high that it's a bunch of dudes sitting in a room trying their very damnedest to come up with some very good ideas but they have a, an, an innate recognition that they're just dudes in a room no better or worse than any other set of dudes in a room and they're trying their damnedest to come up with some ideas but they have to recognize that as since we are not at the end point of history we cannot account for all things today right and but there's you know, this idea that the, the Constitution should be static suggests to me that we are at an end point of history or that we're looking at our world with a finite lens rather than a, a forward-looking lens. And that's – that's how do you build good government that way? How do you say, like, yeah, well, you know, what we put together in fucking 1776 will definitely account for stem cells? Like, what the fuck? You couldn't even fucking say those – they wouldn't even know what cells were.
3: Yeah. Like cells. That's yeah, a, it's a great point, Tom. It's not one of those. I mean, it, clearly it is a living, breathing document if you're going to have to change it.
2: There's a little more. Mm-hmm. Those principles, if we would stick to those, it's like the Ten Commandments. I mean, if we would just stick to those basic principles, um, our
4: nation would be far better off. Mm-hmm. And we would once again be the light on the hill.
0: And uh, unfortunately, if, um, either the, the church has gone to sleep and many Americans have gone to sleep. And we have allowed um, those with these progressive ideas to inhabit the White House and yeah. almost every facet of government.
2: I hate the fucking Ten
3: Commandments comments,
2: too. Uh, We're just like, like, which one? The one from Exodus or the one from Deuteronomy, first of all?
3: Well, yeah. Or, and, and, you know, we've, I've said this many times, but to goddamn the first fucking four are throwaway fucking comments. Yep. Like the first four of
2: them are just like garbage. They're garbage. And can you imagine an economy where we actually enshrined remember the Sabbath, and keep it holy? Yeah. First of all, the Sabbath is not even agreed upon. Some say it's Saturday. Some say it's Sunday. So to, to play fair, you'd have to be like, okay, well, Saturday and Sunday, nobody can work. Oh, okay. Well, our economy will just grind to a halt for fucking two out of seven sure. days.
3: And a coveting the three at the end that are coveting. You're just like, well, right. that's a that's an internal thing. How do you even fucking legislate against an internal thing? That's like legislating against. I've seen these these fucking parking signs. We're like, don't even think of parking here. It's like, fucking, don't, don't tell me what I can't think. Like <laughs> of parking here. I'm thinking of parking there right now. I am thinking of parallel parking in your spot right now. What are you gonna do to me? Nothing. Same thing here. It's like you. You can't fucking force me not to covet. I right. covet where the fuck I want to covet. There's no you can't fucking you can't be like sorry. Here's your coveting ticket. Okay, yo, were you coveting? Well, we have a covet based economy. Yeah. It just seemed reasonable. <laughs> fuck you. You're all in jail.
2: Exactly. Like the most. You know, the only funny thing is it would put all of the world's power brokers, like immediately in suspicion. Right. Like because there's no way for you to want money. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. like why would you, what would you want money for if you or, weren't
3: coveting something? Watch like, like a Cadillac commercial or an Acura commercial. It's right. all about coveting. It's all about look at my lifestyle. And it's specifically wanting you to like the thing so it would buy it. Like the entire concept <laughs> of marketing is to fucking get you to covet things.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. And I like, too, it's like, well, we have to really get back to the 10. All right, well, fucking at least five or six of these things are fucking totally useless. And the rest of them are all conditional. Right. You know, it's like. We shall not commit adultery. Whose fucking business is it of I yours? Know,
3: I know. Fuck you. Like, and then what? the killing and the stealing, it's like, yeah, well, those are already laws. Yeah, like, right. When did we get away from you can't steal and can't kill? The only two important
2: ones in there. That's It really is. Like, the Ten Commandments, like, they are and We've talked about this, but it bears repeating. They are not a useful set of commandments. They are not even – like, you can't even look at them and build a moral structure out of this. It's not like you can look at the Ten Commandments and be like, oh, man – I fucking nailed it with life because I followed the Ten Commandments. They're not even useful. They're not even good guidelines. You know, so like, okay, don't kill or steal. Thanks, fucking, I'm now that I'm not three, what else have you got for me?
3: Okay, so we want to thank, of course, all of our patrons. First, we want to thank everybody who came out to the picnic yesterday. Uh, great time. We had a wonderful time. We wound up not being able to record afterwards. Uh, but we did record the next day. We had said we were gonna record right away afterwards, but uh, we were so exhausted from the picnic and also being cold for four straight hours that we decided <laughs> not to do it. so we're we're uh, but we're very thankful that everybody came out and, uh, and and had a good time. We want to thank our patrons because they make this possible. And we also want to mention too, uh, the uh, the we're gonna be donating to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. We had mentioned on the ticket that if you came, We'd like you to donate some food items. And people brought tons of stuff. The back of my car is full of stuff that I'm going to drop off at the food depository tomorrow. So it's it's just a great thing that people have come out and, and and took the time out of their day not only to come out, but then to also donate stuff so that other people can eat. And uh, and that's a wonderful thing. We want to thank people for their generosity. And we also want to thank our patrons. Uh, they make this possible too. So we want to thank uh, our newest patrons, Amy, Nate, Frankie. Bill and Dana, thank you all so much for your generous donations, um, and we thank everybody who donates to the show. Uh, it, it's been it's been really wonderful to uh, to use some of these funds to help other people and to have little get-togethers like the one we had yesterday.
2: Yeah, I just want to echo Cecil's sentiments very quickly. Um, I think he said it very well, but um, really, I mean, truly, our hearts. Are, thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Um, you know, the the patrons having the the uh, the funds to be able to do things like the picnic. Um, to be able to donate to charity, to be able to organize some things. Um, It really makes a genuine difference to us, and it makes a difference to other people. Um, And I think what we wanted to have happen at the picnic um, was for people to come out and meet each other um, and to um, engage that level of community. And I think that I saw a lot of that happening. I saw a lot of people walking around, meeting new people. um, And we're really just terribly grateful to everybody who spent their freezing cold, rainy Saturday with the likes of us. Um, So thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet each and every one of you.
3: So we want to burn through some email real quick. Uh, We wanted to uh, first talk a little bit about um, specifically doctors. We had been getting uh, some messages, especially from from many different people. We had gotten messages uh, and uh, they all talked about uh, doctors uh, basically whether or not doctors were taking kickbacks from companies and whether or not they uh, doctors chose their, uh, their medicines that they prescribed based on uh, a good looking sales representative or whether or not they were getting kickbacks or getting flown to conferences and things like that. And a lot of these things sounded like sales, uh, sales motivation. So like, you know, whether or not you're buying it from a girl with a, that, that you find attractive or whether or not you're getting flown someplace based on the amount of sales that you do. Um, clearly, there are incentives in different ways in which people try to push medications, uh, and, and we get that. We understand that. Um, what, what the argument I was trying to make, though, was that there is no big pharma entity that is controlling big medicine to try to make more money by prescribing things that may or may not be necessary. That's the argument. That we were trying to to make initially very initially with the very first thing that we were talking about when the story first when the story that we were referring to came out that argument then shifted based on well some doctors do get money yes we recognize that some doctors and there's there's fail safes in place to make sure that this that that sort of thing doesn't happen Um, there's laws against it and things like that so yes clearly there are people who break the law yes clearly there are people who don't uh, who may have some unethical practices. Unethical practices are probably just as as uh, as common in the medical field as they are in every other field. Um, But I don't think that there's some sort of overarching conspiracy behind the whole thing is what the argument I was trying to make.
2: Yeah, there's no systemic defining practice um, where, you know, you go to your family physician and they say, yeah, I'm going to give this guy this medicine. As soon as they walk out the door, they're like checking their commission for having. You know, prescribed you Lyrica instead of Neurontin or something, you know, like it's not it's it's just not how that's just not the practicality. Now, granted, there are like Cecil said, there are sales incentives, Um, you know, pharmaceutical sales reps do come by. They have influence. Uh, Absolutely. But that's not the same. That's really not the same thing. That's not the same thing as a direct quid pro quo. Um, And that's really what we were kind of talking about. You know, the idea, too, that like, well, you know, doctors can be paid exorbitant speaking fees or advertising. Yeah, I mean, sure, uh, they can be, but not everybody can be a speaker. You know, the majority of people um, are listening to a speech. They're not giving the speech. So, um, yes, uh, can it happen? Sure. Are there indirect methods of compensation? You know, I'm certain that there is a number of indirect methods of compensation, um, but on a one-to-one uh, individual level basis, no. I mean, there is no there is no direct quid pro quo that goes on um, between pharmaceutical and the individual doctor level. It's just it's illegal, <laughs> and There's, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It also just doesn't jive with the doctors that I know personally, um, and it doesn't jive with the the experience that I've had as a patient. Um, and it just it just also doesn't make make ethical sense.
3: We want to thank everybody who participated in a long Black Hawk slash Kiva challenge that we did. We did. There was a <laughs> lot of people that sent us messages and said that they donated to Kiva based on this. Somebody else had already said, "Yeah, I'd already donated, but I wound up in reinvesting again and donating more." And I also sent out gift cards to friends because I wanted to make sure that they did kiva as well so thank you very much so there's a lot of people who did it we had funded several projects those projects haven't paid us back yet but when they do we're going to reinvest that money so we want to thank everybody who donated to kiva and we'll keep you abreast on if our if the projects once the projects we we have donated to pay us back we will mention what those projects are on the show so people know sort of the things that uh that we donated to and uh, and we'd love to see the the ones that you donated to too so if you send us a message we'd love to see them We got a message. This is great. We got a message from a concerned mother in Alabama. And Tom, why don't you read the message? Because we're going to post the link to this uh, on this episode, episode 181.
2: Dear Tom and Cecil, I'm an anonymous listener who is deeply offended by your most recent episode in which you insinuated that it was ridiculous for there to be a community of well water drinkers. I will have you know that there is and has been a well-established well water drinking group on them internets for a while now. <laughs> As you can see by our very prestigious subreddit and then there's a link to the Reddit uh which is uh subreddit well water drinkers. Please acknowledge this blasphemous error on your next podcast, a concerned mother in Alabama. And this person actually has A subreddit
3: for Well water Drinkers. It's awesome. They created it specifically based on the show. So if you go check out this subreddit, check out their post. There's only one post in there now. And then there's also uh, uh, a post on the side that basically references the episode. It's just a funny joke. Like, it's funny they went to all this trouble to do this. So we're going to put a link to Reddit's uh, Well water Drinkers subreddit um, so you can go check that out. I wanted to mention, too, we got a comment um, from Phil on our blog, and then we also got a couple other comments based on this. And I wanted to mention this. Um, The the person uh, had said that – they said it's nuts to believe that women are not represented in Congress unless half of them are women. Uh, Do you think only men can be represented by male politicians? Uh, Feminists might not like, like it, but women already vote for whoever they like and run for office wherever they like. And the more women voters and there are more women voters, yet Obama won over Hillary in the primaries. So read into that whatever you like. And then they also say that having 50 percent of females in every workplace is literally impossible. I never said that there should be 50 percent of women in the workplace. I don't know where you got that from, but I never said that. And I also didn't say that I think that it should be half women in Congress. But I do think women are underrepresented. Um, I don't think that they should be half. But I think that they should be a bigger, a more substantial size than they currently are. And the reason why they're not, and this is, I think, you know, you can read into this however you like, but there has been in Congress 12,000, about 12,000 people have been uh, members of Congress in both the House and the Senate since we've become a country. Only a little under 300 of them have been women. And of that, the women that are currently serving, there's about a, a little less than 100. So you're looking at a third of those women have uh, have are currently serving now. If you look back and look back through time, how many women only got the right to vote within the last century. So, you know, we're looking at a, 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 a way in which to systematically disenfranchise women from the entire process. She doesn't think that she can get elected. She probably won't run. Look at women that have run for president. You know, you mentioned Hillary, but Hillary is clearly the exception, not the rule. Look at all the women who have run for president. Go ahead and look at a Wikipedia article. Look at how many votes they've gotten. Not many women have gotten very far at all running for president. They've gotten thousands of votes, not millions at all. And in the primaries, Hillary tried to run, but she is clearly the exception. So you're pointing at one thing. You're not saying, well, there's been this long line of women who've been running for president. No, there hasn't and not ones that you've heard of.
2: I I agree with that. And I also think if you just stop and take a look at who are the power brokers in the world, um, you know, in in terms of, you know, CEOs from major corporations, people at executive levels all across the board, um, people in government not only at very high levels but also at uh, state levels, um, you know, you you do see that, you know, 50 percent, okay, you know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Is it would we say it's unfair if it's not? No, but um, half of half, um, you know, we're at we're at less than half of half. And I I think when we that's just in terms of people representing us in in Congress. But, you know, again, look at the power brokers in the world and that that helps you to understand if there's a gender bias to the power structure that defines, you know, who governs us, um, you know, not just on a governmental level, but on an everyday practical level. Um you know with with representation in corporations uh, you know across corporate america who are the, who are the police chiefs, police captains like who are the power brokers in the world um and if you see a huge gender disparity, that at the very least should cause you to say, Well, why? <laughs> where yeah. does that come from? Yeah. Uh, let's ask some questions about that and and wonder if that's the best way to build a just society
3: yeah and I, and I really do think that you know there's a, the track record causes people that might be. Uh, might be good at this and might might actually be a very good representative not to do it because they don't think that they can get elected because their track record has shown that they haven't been elected much in the past. So when you say, well, women are voting. Yeah, well, what's the choices out there? Uh, We got a message from Mark and Mark says uh, basically he just wanted to say that he's a Christian a liberal Christian and he agrees with us and he just wanted to let you know that he is always astonished at fucking the nutty people that we talk about. And he's, he's, you know, he's one of those people that finds enough in common with us that even though we don't agree on the God thing, he still listens to us and still likes the show. We want to thank you for listening, Mark. But we also, I also want to mention too, I don't know where I heard this. And I, for some reason I'm going back to Jamie Ian Swiss. I don't know if it was him or not, but I'm going back to that, and one of the things I'm thinking of is he had said something or someone had said something based, based on the idea that I may have something more in common with a liberal Christian, a Christian that is as liberal as I am. I may have more in common with them than I would an atheist who happens to be a conservative or a far, let's say, a far right leaning libertarian. I might have more in common with the Christian because I only disagree on like one or two things with the Christian. They might be big things based on your God, but it's still not enough to make us disagree on all the other things. And I think that that's an interesting, you know, we can have Christian allies in this. You know,
2: I I, this got me to thinking I I am curious if you are a uh, religious listener. Um, I guess Cecil and I assume that the obviously the vast majority of our listeners um, are probably atheists or at the very least agnostic. But if you are a religious listener, um, I'd be very curious about that. Post it to our Facebook or send us an email. Um, I, I'm curious to know kind of uh, the faith background, if any, of, of other listeners that might be uh, listening to the program.
3: We got a message uh, from Rolf, and Rolf is in Sweden, and he said uh, we should come to QEDCon. But then he also said... Uh, and, you know, we are planning on that in a couple years, we think, or a year. We're not sure when. But we'd like to come out to QEDCon. Absolutely. Um, we're he, we're, we love all the guys over there. You know, um, we love the people who put on Incredulous. We love the people who put on uh, Skeptics with a K. And then there's a couple other podcasts over there that we've, we've had. We've had a lot of good relations with those people, and they're very nice. We'd love to come out and see, uh, see England and, and get a chance to talk to them. But he says, I dare you to say the Swedish word for Undertaker. Tom, take a stab at it.
2: Oh, I think I'm going to nail this. It's uh, Beg Robinson Treb
3: Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. That is an entrepreneur at the end, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to try. it. Here we go. Beg Ravings sent E Pranor. Nicely done. I think that that's. I think, exactly I think right. that's how you pronounce it. I think it that's exactly. how you say it. So thank yeah. you very much for sending in your message, Ralph. If we ever get over there, we'll let people know we're going. Oh man, I hope if I go there, I don't need an undertaker because <laughs> I won't know how to call out for one. But we got a message from uh, from Kevin, and he asked us, please not to use the word homosexual. Uh, we try to avoid that word. I try to avoid it all the time if I can. Sometimes my brain doesn't let me avoid it. And I, if it's said in the story, sometimes I say it again. I try to use gay as often as I can. But sometimes I, a homosexual will slip out. Uh, I apologize if I ever offend anybody for that. But I I also hope that you remember in, the, in this context that I'm never actually being disparaging, that I'm never actually trying to. Uh, insult anyone so if I do say it I'm just using it as a term based on uh, the story probably because my brain is too slow to actually slip it and flip it for gays because that's how they prefer to gay people so just understand that I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings when I say it and if it slips out it's it's completely an accident
2: I had no idea homosexual I mean I guess it just I just it doesn't sound it didn't seem pejorative to me Um, in fact I guess I would have thought that the word gay maybe would be a little pejorative if either one of them was because sometimes people will use the word gay as an insult. Like yeah. kids on the schoolyard will call each other gay, you know, as an insult. So I, as an outsider to that community, I think it's challenging to try to find ways to address um, people within that community in a way that respects everybody um, and, and is uh, respectful of everybody's desire for the right uh, language. Um, I guess you know. I would echo Cecil's sentiments that the context here hopefully overrides the occasional slip in language.
3: So we want to thank Jake uh, from the show dot com podcast for joining us. You can find his show at ImaginaryFriendShow dot com, and uh, he we also appeared on his show this week on uh, IFS two hundred and two point two hundred point five. So check those out on his website. Uh, we were joined by a bunch of other people. Uh, but we had a great time hanging out with him, and uh, and we hope you check out his show. We also want to mention that we are going to hopefully uh, have uh, Bill and Susie from the Barroom Atheist come on our show, and then we are going to be on their show uh, very soon. We're not sure when that's going to happen. We're still sort of in talks with them. Um, but uh, uh, if you haven't checked out Barroom Atheist, you should, and we'll let you know uh, in the very near future. If we do get on their show, we'll post a link. Um, we hope that that comes to fruition. Uh, so we're going to close it out. Uh, We're going to have a midweek episode this upcoming week, so check it out. And uh, and we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptics Creed.
2: Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit.